Hi, everyone. I'm Monico Frederick, and I'm super excited to share my near-death experience with you all today. So I was home in bed when I died. And it's interesting because I thought coming from a background of having worked in intensive care that you were supposed to like die in a hospital or maybe die at hospice. So the idea of just lying down and dying was so surprising to me. But yeah, I was in bed at home when it happened. And I remember just feeling the heaviness of my body and feeling like the life, like energy was draining out of me. And I remember just focusing on my breathing and thinking breathing's really kind of overrated and hard. I felt like I had this huge crushing weight on me. It was like this massive weight sitting on my chest. And I remember just pushing this weight back up and letting it fall. And I did that over and over again. And finally, I just thought, I think I'll stop. And in that moment, I remember feeling like, oh, that means you're gonna die, but also you're not dying. So I wasn't afraid. And so I remember just letting my breath go. And my first thought was kind of funny. It was, oh, that's so much better. Breathing's really overrated. It's so funny we have to think we, that we think we have to do it. And then I just felt so alive in that moment. And I remember hearing my heart stop beating and I remember the buzzing. And this is interesting. I didn't know that our nervous system had a buzzing sound, but there was this sort of hum or buzzing sound that faded away, I think, as my nervous system shut down. And then there was this brilliant light that I was really focused as I was toward the end of breathing. I remember just feeling this light like right here on my forehead just getting brighter and brighter to where I just got really fixated on it. And then after my last breath, I was completely consumed by it, but in a good way in like this, it's always been there and I just forgot or hadn't seen it. It was very familiar, this light. And it wasn't like one light. It was like thousands of suns shining at me, but it didn't feel too bright. It was really warm and comforting. Again, it was familiar, like it had always been there and I just forgot about it. And I remember after that, just allowing myself to kind of be consumed in that light and be in that and be in the just feeling love and peace. And then I was floating above my room and I remember my husband was off in the kitchen. We knew I was really sick. Clearly we didn't know how bad it was. And he was making me tea. And I remember just feeling like he's gonna be okay. And I remember feeling the life he was gonna have, like he'll remarry, he'll have kids. It's not the same love that we have, but he'll be okay. And then I remember still just floating and, and just sort of emotionally, energetically, I don't know how to explain it, but like just not saying goodbye to my parents and my family, but just overwhelming gratitude for them and love. Because I knew I was about to step on the other side of this very, thin veil and then I wouldn't be here again. And so it wasn't this sad goodbye, but just like, thank you. And I love you and I'm grateful for you. And once I was there, there was another being there. And for this being, it, it wasn't like a family member waiting for me. It was really like this being, it was like their job to help me through the next process, which was my life review. You know, at the time I was 29, I didn't know what a life review is. I had never heard of an NDEs, like I'd never heard anyone's stories anyways. So we go through what becomes my life review. And it really was this beautiful process of not every moment of every day, not like every time I tied my shoes and brushed my teeth, right? But it was a life review of moments of decision and interaction, these really key important moments in my life. I got to see and witness and experience, like re-experience these moments of my life when I was 
I guess you could say like living from my heart, living from my soul or living from my ego. And the first moment that I was living from my ego that they showed me that was really painful because, you know, like toddlerhood, babyhood, that was all bliss. And then I came to this moment where I was living out of my ego and I was really like in kindergarten with a friend and I was basically being mean to her on purpose. And in this moment, I experienced myself being mean to her and I experienced her as if I was in her body feeling and watching myself. So all of this is happening at the same time. I am me, I am her, and then I'm also divine consciousness or God consciousness, you know, that infinite reality, however you want to express God, right? And so I was all three at once and I got to see how I was making her feel, not because I was witnessing it, but because I was witnessing me and how I was hurting her feelings. And so that was really that first moment that I chose to basically be mean on purpose. And those are those moments, that decision that I was being shown throughout my life. And there was also, you know, and that was excruciating and not because there was judgment or, you know, God was mad at me or anything like that. It really was because there is no judgment. I think the judgment comes from me. The humanness in me was like, what are you doing? Stop, stop, don't do that, right? And so that really intense, just regret, you know, and pain because I experienced her pain as if I was her, like feeling her heart, right? And then moving on, I got to experience moments where I was living from my heart and my soul. And those moments were like, there's so much love and joy and gratitude from the universe that literally I, it would have exploded me if I was still in a human body. Like you can't take and we can't process that much joy and that much love. And so as hard as those moments were when I chose to live from ego and be rude or be mean or whatever, they were so hard. The moments of joy were just exponentially and infinitely just such a gift, you know, such joy, because that really is like, hey, you're living as who you really are, because that's who you are. There was such a gift from the universe to show us, to show me that and to show everybody that because we all get to go through this. So after that, we go through the life review and like right now, I'm not seeing anything with my human eyes, right? I mean, I'm seeing my life review. I'm watching almost like a movie of, of myself, but experiencing it in this very interactive way. And then we moved into a different realm and it wasn't a realm where I could see with my human eyes. Everything was dark, but it wasn't without light. And it felt to me like a single ray of light would have been like a foreign object there. So when I say dark, it wasn't bad dark it just didn't have the same light that we're accustomed to and that's where these four souls were enough waiting for me but they were there and they were guiding me through another experience and it was a very quiet very powerful a very sacred experience where it felt like they were sort of like plugging into me or giving me a download of information that I would need one day and there was just this stillness and silence while I received this information. And, you know, the interesting thing is I wasn't receiving it in words. They weren't like, well, let me tell you something and we're going to describe this to you. And no, it was nothing like that. It was like, it was like being handed a box, but you couldn't open it and you knew you were supposed to do something with it. And so once that sort of download or upload or however you, whatever you call it was complete, I, I felt like, okay, this is it. Like, I understand who I am. I was coming into more understanding of this. And then the interesting thing we moved sort of completed. There wasn't like a, okay, you're done. It was just that moment was complete. And then I went into the state of pure oneness 
with everybody, with them, with love, with infinite reality, with infinite love, infinite joy. I, I experienced that for a long time. And you know, it's funny because time's not linear. So people have asked like, well, how long? And I'm like hundreds of years, like 800 years, a thousand years. I don't know. There was no time, but I just got to experience just that ultimate reality of oneness and love and ever expanding bliss, which is who we all are because that's our ultimate reality. And then I got sort of distracted. So it was almost like I got a little disconnected from the ultimate reality where I wasn't just one, but I had a thought outside of oneness. And the thought was, hey, there's a light over there. And I saw this little white light and it got bigger and bigger. And then I started to see this scene unfold where this, this sort of an outline of a being, like a silhouette of somebody was sort of like, coming through down and the light was here almost like a circle like a tube and that this little light was floating through and then it started to go through the tube and so i asked who is that and they said it's the part of you that gets attached and we just were witnessing in silence as this part of me sort of went through this light until it was gone and then i was just back in that ultimate reality of love and at that point i shed every notion of who i am as mariko right my name at the time i was an avid rock climber it was like my love of rock climbing was gone my identity of who I was was gone. Everything I thought I was was gone. And I was who I really was. So all of the humanness of who I thought I was, my human story just faded away. And then I stepped into where I became who I really am as infinite and who you are, right? We all are this, so it's not just me, but who I got to experience myself as the infinite soul, as one, as one with everyone and love and joy and infinite bliss and infinite peace, because that is our true nature. And I was experiencing this and I remember just feeling like I am love. I am joy. I was never Mariko. What was I thinking? You know, it was kind of this, it was a sweet epiphany. <laughs> And I just was there again for just hundreds and hundreds of years. And then I hear this voice and it wasn't a voice in human words. And so what I've come to call it is like thought waves. It was like a wave of a thought coming into me. And then I sort of translated it into what we would call human words. It's sound, right? Because there's not sound in the same way there. And so they said to me, as I'm standing here, and I did feel like I was standing right out, just watching the universe and one with the universe and one with bliss and there is no one else. And then they said, it's not your time. You have to go back. And I was like, eh, no, <laughs> no. And they said, it's not your time. You have to go back and help people. And again, I was, I said, mm -mm, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> and again, it wasn't in words, but it was just this thought wave of resistance of no way I'm not going back there I don't who who do you want me to go back and be you know I'd forgotten who Mariko was at that point and finally they really gave me more of this it's so interesting because we're limited with human words and how we can describe what's really happening so I could say they said this but they're not just saying it they're like infusing me with the knowledge of everybody has a specific time that they can leave this world and you can't go before or after that time it's not your time. You have to go back and help people. Remember who you are and go back and help them. And at that, you know, it's not just words and thought waves. It's just this sort of 
divine infusion of my, what I sort of refer to as my soul assignment, what I'm here to do, which is remember who I am and go back and help people. And so at that, I said, okay. And there was just this sort of welling up of love of like, okay, I want to go back. I want to help whatever this is. And so, you know, you don't know what you're doing when you're there. It's not like you do this every day. So I was like, okay, I'll go back. And I couldn't get back in my body. Because how would I? I don't know what I'm doing. There's not like a directions of this is how you do it, right? So that's all I said was, I can't get back. And there's no fear. Again, there's just love. And I remember this force almost like being hurtled through infinite space, like at just such intense speed. And that's what it felt like. Like I was being pushed from behind so fast. And then boom, I was back in my body and just raking pain head to toe. And I took in a breath. And I came back and my husband was actually slapping me on the face, like shaking me, Mariko, Mariko. And I came back and sort of cracked open my eyes and, and he said, where'd you go? And I said, I died. So when I came back, I think it's such a sacred moment. And my husband, it like, it extended the energy I brought back with me or the, the frequency I brought back with me extended into the room. And it was like, I opened my eyes, I took a breath and went like, when I finally all the way came back and my husband, I could just see it in his eyes. Like he was feeling it too. Like we were in this bubble together and I told him everything that happened. And then, you know, some people started finding out what happened and they're like, you should talk about it. You should write about it. You should this, you should that. And I was like, I couldn't because at the time it took a long time to one process myself, what just happened Two. Remember, I had shed everything I was. So I'm just sitting here going, how do I go be human again? How do I go do this? And I'm sick. So it's not like I'm getting up and running around and going back to work. And I remember just feeling lost and yet so solid in who I was and what we're here to do. But the humanness in me was lost. I didn't know how to come back and be human again, if that makes sense. I had to come back and almost like reinvent myself. And I had doubts, right? Because you can think you're crazy. And I had never read or listened to anybody's near-death experience prior to that. And I did. I thought maybe I was dreaming. Maybe that wasn't real. Maybe, you know, maybe I made it up. And then you go into maybe I'm a really bad person and I made it up and I'm just getting attention or whatever. Like you have all these really awful thoughts go in your head. And I didn't talk about it and I wasn't reading other people. So I didn't have that confirmation that like, oh yeah, this is what other people go through. This is normal. You're okay. So it was hard. It wasn't easy. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever been through because it wasn't a loss of health, right? Which I went through. And at the time, prior to getting this into this accident, I had contracted Lyme disease and had no idea. So, you know, it took 10 years to get my health completely back again. So it was a really long journey for me. It wasn't like I died and I got this download and it was great. It was it was a struggle for a decade. When they told me to go back and help people, they kept reiterating, go back and help them. Remember who you are. And I knew what they were talking about. You know, I may have wanted to pretend like I didn't know. I knew exactly what they were saying because the thing about me is I thought this was normal. And I stayed conscious between my last life and this one. So I remember everything about my last life and dying and my life review from that life. And I don't remember it like I forgot. It's always a part of me. For me, it's one long lifetime from my last life, dying in that life, having the life review, going through all of that. And then everything we go through in between lifetimes. And I think it's different because not everybody's from the same realm and people have different experiences. But for me, I went to a realm of light called the astral realm. 
and lived an entire lifetime there, made of light. Everyone's made of light. The planet is made of light. And then from there, I moved on to a higher realm called the causal realm, which is the thought realm where our thoughts originate. It's where thoughts begin in our consciousness. And I had an entire lifetime there. And then I went into pure bliss consciousness and oneness with God and just had an entire lifetime. There is no there, but it's an entire lifetime of oneness with God consciousness. And I got to see the process of humanity and enlightenment and people living their lives, trying to go into the higher realms because, you know, there are different level realms and earth is like a sea average realm. Like it's not that great. Right. And I think we know that looking around, it's not that great. So there are higher realms and there are lower realms. And so the goal of humanity of your soul is to move into the highest realm. And you can do that in one lifetime. You don't have to reincarnate. You can do that in one life, but it does take effort. Um, and that's what we call enlightenment. So I got to witness and experience it all. And then all of a sudden I went from oneness and bliss and just being in this ever expanding gold light of God consciousness. And then all of a sudden I remember feeling love. So for me, you know, remember who you are, go back and help people was a very big assignment. And it became something that I, you know, was very afraid to share because I thought people would think I was crazy or weird or rejected or whatever. And, you know, some may, and what I've come to know now is it's fine. It's people are of all different levels of consciousness. And first I am for some people, some people want to hear this message and some people don't, and it's perfect. And the ultimate reality is that we are all one and there is no one else. And the reason we're here, I mean, you can, I talk about soul assignment. What are you here to do? Because some people are here to do to up-level humanity and help move us into the higher ages. But in general, we're not here to do anything. We're just here to be connected completely to our souls and be infinite radiant love. And that's it. That's all you have to do is be who you already are. It's very simple.